Welcome to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and I'm really glad that you decided to join us this morning to learn about how you can help veterans and learn about veterans' issues. Coming Home Well is a 501c3 here in the Charlottesville area, and if you've never heard us before, never heard about us, well, we're a veteran-focused organization aiming to educate civilians about veterans' issues. Now, our motto is until all are home and all are well, and that's because until everyone's home and everyone is doing well, we haven't really lived up to the promise that we made our veterans, that we made when they signed up to serve our nation in the military. Now, I know the pandemic is causing havoc around the world. 30 million people have now filed for unemployment in the United States. I don't know how many in Virginia, but at least 30 million across the country. And veterans who are homeless and and anyone homeless is often trying to keep their pets but it's really hard to not have a place to stay and keep your pets. So we reached out to Brooke Nowak. She's with greatergood.org. Greater Good is the name of the organization. And they do something that's totally awesome. They have these backpacks full of things that homeless people need, but it's not just things that they need, but it's what their pets need as well. So it's both. They provide a self-support kit for the dogs. And she's gonna talk about it in great detail. But Greater Good does a great number of things for both veterans and animals. And so we thought it was a natural fit for Coming Home Well to talk with them because of the vet pet program that we run here at Coming Home Well. If you live in the central Virginia area and you're a veteran, doesn't matter if you're active duty, reserves, war veteran, not a war veteran, it doesn't matter. If you served in the military, you can go to any one of the four or five shelters. And I think it's four right now. We're working on the fifth. But you can go to them with some proof of your military service, and they will waive all the adoption fees. So without any further ado, I hope that you enjoy the interview with Brooke Nowak of Greater Good and learn how you can find out ways to help veterans and animals. Welcome to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and today we have a very special guest, Brooke Nowak, who is the Director of People and Planet Programs at The Greater Good, which is greatergood.org. And we asked Brooke to come on to talk about something that they do that is fantastic for veterans, especially people that are having a transition or homeless that are able to keep their dogs with them. And it's something called Good Packs. So welcome, Brooke. And can you tell me about the Good Packs? Hi, Tyler and your audience. And first, I just want to say thank you for uh, allowing me to come on the show and talk about our program. It's a program that we're pretty proud of. Uh, We're not even a year into it, and we've had a great success. But I'd love any time to be able to promote and also just uh, let people know about how they can help 
um, and how we're helping uh, our nation's heroes and our veterans, that's really important to me. So we our greatergood.org is a 501c3 organization that is dedicated to the health, improving the health and well-being of people, pets, and the planet. And so what we did was we said, well, we do people and we do pets. Why don't we combine them? Because what we have found is, is that those who are in transition, so either they are homeless or maybe it's they're leaving domestic violence um, or other means. Uh, reasons why they are not in self-sustaining housing. They've often had to make choices of either going into a shelter or being uh, able to stay with their pet. And so they've had to choose between that. And so we wanted to be able to provide a resource for those who have had to choose um, that they're going to stay with their pet and they're going to stay on the street. Because that's how much that pet and that family member means to them. And so just for instance, so for the listeners, uh, sometimes we don't realize just how many, uh, maybe homeless veterans there are out there. Uh, In 2019, and the point of uh, time counts, 17 out of every 10,000 persons who are homeless are veterans. That's that's way too many. That's way too many because over 560,000 people experienced homelessness in 2019 on a single night in 2019. And so, and 10% of those have a pet companion. What's interesting is a lot of these point in time counts, one of the main questions, it's really through a HUD project to really understand homelessness. But now they have seen in many metropolitan areas, they've added, um, the pet component to those questions to really gauge how many of these people have pets. And so we have other programs that support infrastructure for um, agencies and housing nonprofits that provide that housing and so allows them to be able to take in the pet. But our good packs are really helping organizations who have a distribution model in place And so that because they are then able to get these supplies into the hands of people who need it the most, you know, they know these organizations know where the people are and know what their needs are. And so we provide these packs to them and then they're able to go and serve. And these packs provide just that little bit of comfort. They're basic survival supplies for both a human and a pet. And it allows them it tells them that, you know what, they're not alone in this, that they've got someone who's thinking about them and who cares about them. So what are in these packs? You've mentioned that they've got people and pet supplies. That is correct. So for our human counterpart, we have a t-shirt, a pair of socks, which for a lot of people who might not know, pair of socks are one of the key um, requests for homeless shelters. Uh, Those are some of the most requested items. We have a bar of soap, shampoo, a reusable water bottle, a warm blanket, and a toothbrush and toothpaste. And the warm blanket, though, can be used for both the pet and the human. You know, they can kind of keep each other warm at night. And then for our pet friends, we have the slip lead, dog treats, collapsible water food dish, and a dog toy. I bet the dogs really appreciate the dog toy because if you're, you know, out on the streets and you're probably not getting too many Purina dog toys or treats or toys or anything like that. 
Oh, absolutely. No, you're not. And thank you. You know, for the pet food, we've had such incredible partners at Purina and Smuckers who've been able to provide quality food and products for these pets. And so, yes, it gives these pets some stability and also some important health nutrition components. And keeping pets and people together is an important mental health component, uh, which is often not addressed. And But I understand the greater good is starting to work with homeless shelters and domestic violence shelters to allow people to leave with their pets or if they're on the streets to get shelter, but not have to make that terrible choice between getting shelter and having my pet companion. Absolutely. We're seeing nationwide uh, restrictions and guidelines being released uh, or lessened on to have some of these housing facilities. And a lot of them, and so many of them understand and know uh, the importance of that companion for people. And so what we're doing is kind of coming in to support those housing agencies. Housing is a very expensive um, process and a, a item not supply to be able to provide. I come from the housing world and it is just to maintain quality housing. It's just, it's very tough and it's very expensive. And so what we try to do is we come in and fill that void for those nonprofits who would love to be able to do something to be able to safely house a pet, but just can't financially uh, do implement it themselves. And so we have a rescue rebuild program that comes in and they go into veterans shelters and housing agencies. They go to homeless shelters as well as domestic violence facilities. And they go in and uh, accommodate the bottle that the nonprofit is um, has in place and then builds in that can whatever component they need so that they can provide safe housing to both that person and their pet companion. So, Greater good is really keeping the main thing the main thing. They want to keep the dog or the cat with the person, and the housing shelter wants to provide shelter. And so by merging the efforts together, you're sort of maximizing or synergizing uh, probably some other corporate buzzwords, but you're focusing on your thing and they're doing their thing. But by working together, you can achieve something greater. Well, that's exactly right. We can choose, improve and make it even greater, make the impact even greater. You know, and we're lucky. We have many corporate partners who uh, not only provide us with resources, but actually supplies. And so we're currently working with the VA as well as other uh, veteran housing groups across the nation in getting out needed supplies to these veterans. Our good packs are going out, but also other supplies like basic bed sheets, you know, kitchen wares for people. Because now, you know, when people can't leave their home, how are they to cook food? You know, or if even if they get a food box full of items, you know, how are they going to cut an apple, you know, or make, uh, be able to cook pasta? And so we try to provide these basic supplies um, for those who are in transition already, and now it's been even um, perpetuated even more, their situation by the pandemic that we're going through. The pandemic has cost people, tens of millions of people, 20, 30 million people, their jobs and their, their homes, and making that choice between keeping a pet and finding a place to live is often a very difficult and, and uh, uh, 
very frustrating one. And that's where I think Raider Good is doing some fantastic work. How has the pandemic changed how Greater Good is approaching uh, getting food and other supplies to the veterans and and the homeless veterans? Absolutely. So what we had to do is we've already, we love to provide supplies, but what we had to do is kind of reevaluate how the best model is, especially since, you know, we're talking about a pandemic that um, was easily spread. And so we had to address how we were going to go about doing that in so that everyone involved was as safe as possible. And so working with uh, a lot of our corporate partners, our rescue bank project program, excuse me, uh, was able to provide 128 truck uh, truckloads full of food to shelters and nonprofits across the nation. And these are serving pet populations. And so what we did was we identified, you know, regions where there were hot spots, where there were significant needs. And then we work with affiliates who then, um, disaster affiliates who will then distribute the food to the smaller organizations. And so that's what helps us be able to serve both large scale and small scale organizations for pets. So the rescue bank is kind of like the food bank for all the other shelters. It's food that's donated by your partners. It's good food. It's high quality food that may be being repackaged or rebranded or maybe coming up near its sell by date, but needs to get eaten. And so they are donating it. And then you guys are making sure it gets out to all the shelters and all the individuals that need it. That is correct. You know, the shelter, what we're doing is getting it to the shelters and to uh, our different nonprofits that we work with. And then they know their region, you know, they're working then with the different affiliates and uh, the different organizations who are serving pets, either through foster care, through uh, rescues, and then all human components. You know, a lot of these are working with food banks because that food bank knows that humans are going to come there, but guess what? They also have pets in their families. And so a lot of them work with uh, human food banks so that they can serve both the human and the pet. And that's an amazing point because money is fungible. And so if I'm a shelter and I'm spending less money on uh, food to feed all the animals, I can do all the other things like getting them spayed and neutered so we don't have even more pets running around and provide other services that are not always available that you can't get for free or you can't get donated. And so that's a tremendous uh, value add, especially in these very troubled times. That is correct. I mean, it, it saves, if you think about just how expensive food is for, you know, for a couple of dogs on your own. And then if you're, you know, providing food hundreds to hundreds of dogs every single day, you know, that can be costly. And so this really um, alleviates a lot of that um, stress for these nonprofits who are doing such great work in these filters. And uh, it allows them, like you said, to focus on other uh, means of prevention, like spay and neuter, and as well as being able to provide veterinary services um, in cases where uh, there might be a pet who has been hurt or injured. And so to get that pet um, healed 
you know, there's, they're able to use some of these, uh, that extra cash towards helping that pet. You know, we've seen a lot of that lately coming up with COVID-19, you know, people need to have uh, help their pets. And unfortunately, they don't have the money to be able to. And so um, we've been looking at ways that we can um, address that as well. So there's another program that you, uh, your organization does that I think is just absolutely amazing. And I know you aren't directly involved with it, but a picture saves a life program. Can you tell the audience just a little bit about that? Absolutely. So a picture saves a life um, is a program for our pets. And this is such an outstanding program. And again, I'm sorry that I have the fine new details as I'm not as affiliated with that program. But in essence, what it does is that we have these incredible photographers come in and take pictures of dogs outside of their kennels. And it gets them outside. It gets because I don't know about you, but I don't care how cute you are or how pretty you are. If you're photographed on cement behind a chain link fence, it's not going to be a great photograph, you know, with hundreds of dogs barking in the background. And so what this does is it gets the dog out, it gets them to relax and really show their true uh, energy and their uh, temperaments. And so then they take those photographs and those are the photographs that are posted. And so when people are going through it's online, especially right now with how every, we are limited to doing everything online practically, you know, they're able to scroll through and look for these photographs and really get an idea of who the dog really is. Oh, absolutely. My wife was doing the professional photography for our local shelter for a number of years. And it is absolutely amazing how you could see one photo. It's almost like a booking photo when they first come in and the dog or cat is scared to death and they don't know anybody. They don't know the routine. It's loud. It's cold. And so someone's taking a picture through a chain link fence and that's how you're trying to entice someone to come adopt or foster. Well, no, it's going to look terrible. It looks scared. It looks hungry because it probably is. But then yep. if you have organizations that are taking the photos or a portrait or some other way of really showing the personality of the dog or cat or bunny or whatever animal is out for adoption, mm-hmm. much, much better uh, results because you have a better sense, that connection with it. Because people certainly do make first impressions based on a photo, especially mm-hmm. nowadays where we do everything online first. And yes. I know with the vet pet program that we have a coming home well with our uh, participating shelters, I go and look at all the animals I just had to convince my wife the other day, we do not need yet another Great Dane puppy because she saw these photos and they were absolutely adorable. But I said, no, no, we're not going to do that, even though they are the cutest things. So even though we have too many, but having a great photo makes all the difference. It, it really does. And it gives these dogs and cats a chance to get out of the shelter. Um, You know, cats, for instance, we have a phenomenal program with Jackson Galaxy that teaches cats the high five. And what that does is it engages the cat and it, it allows their personality to come out and it has success rates for getting that cat adopted and out of the shelter. So making them more accessible and making them have a uh, chance to show their personality is definitely a way to go. 
So I am very curious on, we've had the COVID-19, we have all these programs that uh, your organization is doing. Where are they currently focused? (laughs) It's kind of hard to say where we're currently focused because of the fact that we do have so many programs going. We do People, Pets, and Planet. But um, you are more than welcome to uh, reach out to us on greatergood.org if there's this particular area that you're passionate about because of the fact that we do serve veterans. We also serve pets. You know, we have a program right now, a campaign to provide uh, support to organizations on providing food. And these are organizations who have found themselves on the front lines who generally don't provide food, but because of who they are, their housing agencies, their community centers, where now they are tasked with providing these food resources to hundreds of people every single day. And so we have a wide variety of programs to meet the needs of where you, um, you know, where your passion is. We even, we do plan it. For instance, um, you know, we're working to try to replant vegetation, natural vegetation and trees. And so that, you know, because deforestation, yeah, there are links to the spread of uh, diseases, human as well as animal diseases, when we go and deforest areas uh, across our beautiful globe. And so we have programs that will help, um, you know, you can plant a tree for a dollar. You can go and make that difference. Or you can go and help a veteran. You know, you can help get, provide these good packs. And all the products have been d- donated. So we just need the help in getting that shipping, getting those products shipped to the veterans all over the U.S. So if our radio audience is listening and they said, I absolutely want to help Greater Good. Uh, it sounds like a wonderful program. I like veterans and I like animals and I want to help. How do our listeners get in touch and how do they help? Absolutely. All they have to do is go to greatergood.org. And that's greatergood.org. Because we are a nonprofit, a 501c3 that serves every inch of this nation via many different programs and through many different demographics. And so by going to greatergood.org, they can see all the different projects that some of which we have touched on today. And then they can go and make that small difference because you know what? It's the small difference when we collectively come together, we can make that even a greater impact for our future. Brooke Nowak, the director of people and planet programs at greater good. Thank you so much for joining us at coming home. Well today. Thank you so much, Tyler. I so appreciate being here and having the chance to speak to your amazing audience. Thank you. And thank you for all the work you're doing on behalf of veterans. We appreciate it. I really hope you enjoyed the interview with Brooke Nowak from Greater Good. Now, their website is greatergood.org. And don't forget that the entire interview is available as a podcast. It usually goes on 20 or 30 minutes longer. If you're interested in a much deeper, much more robust discussion, the radio format is only so long that we can talk. So we have to sort of cram in the important things about the organization. But the more detailed discussions about what they do and how they do it and the impact that they're making is available on the podcast. Now, we put up the latest podcast on the Coming Home Well website cominghomewell.com. 
but you can also get them all the podcasts that is at uh, SoundCloud or wherever you get podcasts that you're interested in because we put it on SoundCloud and it propagates out to all the other websites. So you can go to Apple, iPod, wherever. It doesn't matter. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can listen to Coming Home Wells podcast as well. I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little cooped up with the work from home and all the pandemic stuff. And I'm really looking forward to all the events that we're doing. Uh, well, we would be doing if we weren't all locked up because of a worldwide pandemic. But there is some news that I want to share, and it's not about an event, but there's a lot of veterans that are eligible for the stimulus check that the government is giving out to everybody, but they're not going to receive it because they don't know about it, and they didn't file a 2018 or a 2019 tax return. And so the government doesn't know where to send a check to. Now, the original deadline passed. It was like literally a week and you had no time. And if you didn't hear about it, you were just out of luck until 2021. So this applies to people who did not file a tax return in 2018 or 2019, especially a veteran. And especially if you have dependents, you have to go to the IRS website. And we have a link to the form and everything you need at the Coming Home Well Facebook page. You just go on Facebook, search for Coming Home Well and you'll be able to find the link. Uh, we've posted about it a couple times. So if you know a veteran who has served, and especially if they have dependents and didn't file a tax return in 2018 or 2019, they're going to definitely be missing out on the stimulus money that the government owes them. So please let them know about the extended date and what they need to do. Now, our Facebook page, the Coming Home Well Facebook page, is pretty awesome. So go give it a like as well. Until all are home and all are well. Coming home well, helping civilians better help veterans. Every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. on Seville 107.5 FM and 1260 a.m. WCHV. Oh, baby, baby.